Welcome to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with your host, Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill shares stories of living a life of faith and mental illness. Jill is a popular speaker, pastor, and author who speaks from her experience living with complex PTSD, a major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and a dissociative disorder. And now, here's your host. Hi, this is Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith, a podcast devoted to the topics of mental illness and faith. I'm so excited that you're joining me for our 18th episode. This has been a really fun journey and starting to tell my stories and uh, share a little bit about my life and my perspective with you. Thank you so much for joining me. My prayer is that through listening to my experience of what faith looks like after trauma, you may find a little hope and a little joy in your own journey. Today's episode is called A Bicycle Built for Two. Recently, I followed my heart to San Francisco for the weekend. My pilot husband and I had a short weekend together to explore the city while he was on a long layover there. So on a Sunday morning, beautiful, sunny day, we decided to go to the wharf and take in the sights and sounds and smells of the ocean, which was all lovely and a dream away from the cold of Montana. We had a very cold spring, and so it was really nice to be able to get out into the sunshine a little bit. As we walked, we happened upon a bicycle vendor where you could rent bikes to tour the wharf. They had tandem bikes too, which seemed like a lot of fun. So we plunked down some plastic and rented a bicycle. Now, my mother loved the oldies and we listened to them all the time growing up. And as we embarked on our venture, I had the tune of the old song, Bicycle Built for Two, running through my head. I had this romanticized version of uh, Bicycle Built for Two, but you'll look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle built for two. But let me tell you. It only took about two minutes for that lovely picturesque version of tandem bike riding that I treasured in my heart for 30 years to fall out of my head. Now, my husband stands 6'1 to my 5'4. For some reason, we put him in the front of the bike, probably assuming the power should go in the front. This ended up to be a very bad idea. His seat sitting six inches higher than mine, plus his body being significantly larger than mine, produced kind of an ill-gotten effect of a totally blind bike ride for me. I could see nothing except for his back. When he stopped, I would jerk forward, almost plastering my flat little nose into his back because I wasn't expecting a stop. I didn't see anything to stop for. And when he turned, I'd have to quickly rebalance myself because I I couldn't see a turn. So you would think that I could just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride, but not so. I felt like I was a sea lion balancing a ball with a ring on my nose on top of a on top of a bicycle. I felt so unbalanced and so disconcerted by the fact that I couldn't see anything. I insisted loudly and repetitively to my husband that he had to communicate to me when he had to make adjustments of speed or direction. I finally had enough, which was probably only five minutes into the bike ride. 
And I drug my feet until we stopped. And I took his phone out. He's a very, very visual and very exact kind of a person. So I took his phone out to take a picture so he could see what I could see. So that he could see literally that I could see nothing. Um, this was only after several harsh words and probably a threat of divorce and screeching by an irritated and possibly rabid woman that I had become, but we eventually made it to the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm sure this was a relief to my husband since the sound of traffic drowned out my voice, but we made it across the bridge and back without dire circumstances or a fist fight and began our descent towards the waterfront. As the ground leveled out, my husband screeched to a stop because of a car coming. This is where the story gets ugly, really ugly. Due to the sudden nature of our stop, I tipped off the bicycle. I was no longer saddled, but my precious had not noticed that I was not astride our noble steed. No, he rode off for possibly the most peaceful two miles of his bike ride. Off he rode with his red coat tied around his shoulders, flying in the wind like a superhero cape, alone on our bicycle built for two. He hadn't noticed that I had fallen off the bike and was no longer there. He just kept riding. Now, how, I wondered, could he not notice that I wasn't on the bike? Did he assume that I had suddenly turned into the weight of Tinkerbell? Or did he suppose that I had a uh, fat chance, assumed a suddenly peaceful demeanor and had been just sitting back enjoying the ride? We have a disagreement about how long I walked, but being the injured party, I think my view wins. I'm sure I walked about a mile, which means he rode probably two miles without me on the bike. The moment I most wished that I had a video of is when he noticed that I was not only not on the bike, but also nowhere in sight, nowhere in sight. He came rushing back with his cape flying solo on the bicycle built for two, full of apologies which fell on my indignant ears. I was so angry. I was crying by the time he got back. I just couldn't believe that he had ridden off. And I knew that I couldn't get a hold of him because he couldn't hear me in the street when I fell off. And I knew he wasn't answering his phone that was in his pocket because he hadn't been answering it the whole time we were riding. So how was I supposed to get a hold of him? What was I supposed to do? Anything but just keep on walking. I have to tell you, I seriously at this moment considered calling an Uber to come and get me and take me back to the hotel. So that was our adventure in San Francisco. So what have we learned? We've learned that if there's any hope of our marriage lasting, we should never, ever again rent a bicycle built for two. We've learned that I don't like traveling blindly through life. I want to see where I'm going and what obstacles are in the way. We learn that communication is essential, and if the other party is silent, it isn't that they are necessarily at peace. They may be missing from the conversation completely. 
we learn that even though the road may be bumpy and long and full of obstacles and sudden starts and stops and unexpected turns, that there are a lot of places along the way to stop and take pictures and take in the view. It was a momentous and memorable experience and one that shall never be repeated. But we learned that we should never ever rent again a bicycle built for two. But the company and the purpose for us to be together and the intentionality of spending some time together is worth even the adventures of a bicycle built for two. Thank you for joining me today. Let you and I work together to break down the stigmas around mental illness in our faith communities. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow Jill on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash jillreilly.author, on Instagram at jillreilly.author, or on Twitter at jillreillyauthor. You can reach Jill via email jill at jillreilly.org. Thanks for listening.